Welcome to Trader's Voice, a podcast dedicated to helping you eliminate market noise and focus on the one that matters, the voice inside your head. Hello, 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 everyone. Hope you are doing well. So I figured I would um, compile every five episodes into, you know, one longer episode that's about an hour long. And I thought this would be good for people who prefer those longer form um, episodes, you know. A lot of people tend to do uh, yoga or do some knitting or do house uh, errands and chores and want to listen to longer form podcasts, you know. And since my episodes are pretty short because I release them every day, uh, they might miss out on that. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping with this uh, they, they can benefit as well from the information that's contained in each episode without the hassle of having to, you know... Um, keep clicking through on them so i hope you guys enjoy uh enjoy it and let's start with episode one titled price is fractal what's up what's up people happy monday uh what i want to talk about today is fractals and how it relates to trading so what is a fractal first of all i think it was discovered by a man named benoit mandelbrot who was a French-American mathematician. He, I don't know exactly how he discovered it, but he he is well-known and accredited for, for this fact. Uh, what he found was a series of equations when plotted is indistinguishable from any point that you look at it. So let's say, you know, you have a, a graph, not a chart, but a graph that goes from positive 10 to negative 10 on the y-axis and negative 10 to positive 10 on the x-axis. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're looking at on that scale of the graph where, where the units is max is 10 or if you're scaling it back down to 1, you know, where the max y-axis is 1. The equation will produce uh, pretty much the same repetition and the same shape that it does when you scale it up. And this is basically what a fractal is. It just looks the same no matter where you look at it and how zoomed in or zoomed out it is. And it's quite interesting to see. And it's very beautiful. You haven't seen it yet. It's just look up fractal geometry on YouTube. Um, it's very trippy, especially when they add color to it. I, I like looking at it. And how it relates to trading is, well, price is fractal. Right? Uh, from It looks the same from the one minute chart to the five minute, to the 15, to the one hour, to the daily. If I remove the price access, axis and the uh, time axis and the symbol, you will not be able to tell with any certainty that what time frame you're looking at or what time horizon you're looking at or you know what price is the range in or what range is the price in. You, you just can't tell. And by definition, that makes the price fractal. And really, um, the time frame you're trading doesn't exactly matter um because there will be trends on the one minute and there's going to be trends on the daily it's all the same 
especially if you're trading using uh, ATR risk units like I do. You know, I'm all I'm trying to do is capture multiples of risk, and it doesn't matter what time frame I'm trading on. It, the, there's always going to be some trend that you can catch multiples of risk on. However, what the significance of trading on a higher time frame is that you get less slippage. That's the only thing that doesn't really change, uh, or that's the only thing that's really constant, and it's more uh, ex exemplified and it's magnified as you're on the lower time frame. So let's say there's a stock that is at five dollars, and the bid ask spread is twenty cents. Well, that twenty cents is going to be bigger on a one-minute time frame than a daily. So the only reason that you should trade a higher time frame is to uh, capture less of the spread or get hit with less of the spread because you're looking to capture a bigger move. You said you see you're looking for a move that goes from let's say five to seven, seven fifty. So that twenty cents of spread and slippage um, doesn't really affect you as much. It's probably about less than ten percent of your total return. However, if you're trading on one minute chart where you're only trying to capture fifty cents or a dollar of the move, then that twenty cents slippage is gonna impact you quite a bit, you know. And if you have an extremely profitable system where you can overcome that spread then by all means go ahead and do it but like most of us we're barely even struggling or we're struggling to barely even uh stay afloat <laughs> so why why you know spend all your time trying to just overcome slippage so what you need to do is trade on a higher time frame so you can get away from it the reason you shouldn't get on a higher time frame is because you think it's more smooth or you think the price action is better on a higher time frame? I I don't see that. I don't think that that's the correct way to look at it because again, if I remove any um, price or any indicators of what the chart is, but if I just show you the line going up and down, you're not going to tell me that that this is the one minute chart. So it looks, you know, um, so it looks. Like a terrible chart to you, you can't tell me that. You know, it doesn't matter what time frame it is. The only reason it matters is because you want to go on a higher time frame, really, to overcome spread, and you get more time, more time back of your life. Because why? Do, why are you even trading? Right. Most people come to the markets to obtain freedom to get a better life, but they end up spending hours upon hours just staring at the screen. And I'm not talking about, you know, doing actual studies or doing actual back testing, uh, testing. But what some people get caught up in is just staring at red and green flashes on their screen. And really, that's when they make all the mistakes in the world because they're no longer in that focused mindset. They're just zoned out like they're watching a TV show. So that when a movement arises, they're not ready to act. They're not ready to cap uh, capitalize on the opportunity. So 
if you're gonna trade on a higher time frame, um, just just know why you're doing it. There's is, <laughs> there's really no difference between lower ones and higher ones, and you again now now that there's no commissions on uh, just equities stock trading, uh, it's much better time to go down down on time frame and see what you can capture. And the only uh, another thing is if your trading methodology depends on news or depends on riding momentum on a longer time frame, that that's the only way that's the only reason you should really switch switch time frames around and and see what works best for you. But for me as a technical trader, it really doesn't matter. I stick to the daily time frame simply to uh, save my time, simply to free up time to enjoy other endeavors and not to stare at the screen. I still love trading, but I've you know discovered a long time ago that the longer I stare at the screen doesn't make me more money. Right? It's not like my my the longer I stare at it, the the higher prices will go simply because about I'm watching it. It doesn't work that way. Just set your stop, set your target, or set your alerts. I don't have a target. To set your alerts, and when the stock price gets to your alert and it triggers, then um, decide what to do from there. You know, but it's it's hilarious to me when people tell me that oh i trade on the four hour because it's more smooth there is less uh gyrations in the market and i can read it better you know in my head i'm just thinking you know you can't read shit you're speaking out of your ass uh and <laughs> that's usually the point usually those people are just trying to self-justify that they know something or and i, I and i guarantee you that they, they will say that they stick to the four hour right now but come back in two or three months, they'll probably go to the one hour or they stick to the daily. They don't have the deep fundamental understanding of the market. They are just deluding themselves and telling themselves, you know, a certain thing. But that doesn't make it necessarily true. The fact of the matter is that it doesn't matter what time frame you trade on so long as you capture the momentum of that time frame. You see, the only way you can make money is when the market moves in your favor when after you buy in everybody else also wants to buy in whether it's on the minute or the daily you just have to get out quicker but then again gotta watch that spread all right that's the topic for today monday december 21st i hope everybody have a good holiday and i'll see you guys in the next one bye you are now listening to episode two titled journaling versus logging What's up, people? Good morning, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. Um, so, when I was young and green, and coming up in my journey, I heard a lot about you know having to journal your trades, having to enter in where you enter, your entry price and your exit, uh, what pattern you're trading, what the stock is, what's the win loss ratio, what's the RR, risk reward, you know things like that. And I did that for quite some time, and I was diligent about it, did it for a couple months, and what I realized is, that shit doesn't fucking work. <laughs> it does not work. I was still very emotional, I was still over-trading, I was still having FOMO. I would do well for a while, a few weeks, a month or so, and then I would just give back all the profits. 
I just can't understand what what's going on. Like I'm, I'm doing my due I'm doing my due diligence. I'm practicing my discipline, but nothing seems to ever work. I would do well, and then I'll be in a drawdown, and all my discipline would go out the window. And this went on for quite some time, and I just couldn't understand it. And Everywhere you go, everywhere you see, there's fucking financial education channels all the time that you, you need to journal your trades, you need to log your data, you need to figure out your win-loss ratio and whatnot. You know, they all regurgitate the same freaking thing. However, they're the what I call trade journaling now is different than what they call it. I would segregate the two. So what trade journaling to me really is, is journaling and monitoring monitoring your own behavior. It's how you act. It's what you do throughout the day. You, you monitor that. You log that. But what most financial education uh, or trading education industries and people in the industry teach is to log it, to, to log the data. The way they teach it, it's really just glorified data entry you know it's something that you can uh spend 15 dollars an hour and give it to somebody in india to do or you can go on fiverr and and buy and, and hire someone for five bucks and they'll do it for you you know the one trade journaling is something that's proactive that it's cons that will help you become a consistent trader and um data entry the trade logging is something that you can get a grunt to do it's not what a business owner does, you know, a business owner does not log each and every sale, each and every transaction himself, right? He has a team or he has a person to do that for him. He'd rather work on his business, which means he's the visionary, the one who is directing the company where to go and how to behave. And he sets the rules and the standards. And that's what you need to do with your own trading. You don't need to be in the trenches um, just plugging away at numbers on the spreadsheet each and every day. That's just fucking useless. It, it doesn't really help you in times of uncertainty, in times of volatility, right? Um, so first, I'm going to explain in further detail why data entry and trade logging, as most people assume, uh, is so useless. So for one, it does not allow you to consistently trade right or trade consistently and when most people say oh you have to uh, aim for consistency they think that you have to aim for consistent profits but that's not the case that is false because you will never be able to consistently profit in the markets right it's not like um every time i go in the office every time i place a trade i know that it's going to make money Right? No, you don't. You, you, just, you just keep the real aspect of trading is to keep taking losses, small losses, such that when you get lucky enough to find a winner, that winner will pay back all the losses and more. That's it. That's all trading is. But when I see a bunch of idiots or new people um, typing in chat rooms or typing in, you know, uh, Facebook groups or just just spouting nonsense when they say oh you have to aim for consistent profits of a hundred dollars a day aim small and whatnot no you, you just don't know when your next big winner or your next winner is coming from the only thing you can do is prevent big losses that's really the only 
control you have over the markets. Okay? So even if you log on that data and say the data shows that you have a win rate of 60% with an expected value of two to one. Okay, that's great. That's over hundreds, if not thousands of trades. Then your expected value will be two to one. However, in the short term, in the interim, from the day-to-day, week-to-week basis, your win rate and your expected value will vary significantly, right? One day, you can you will lose everything. One day, you will, you will every single trade you take will, will be a loser, and you can't figure out why. And you will feel like the biggest idiot in the world. And the next uh, the next day, you will, will have winners after winners after winners, and you, you feel like you're on top of the world, and you're a god, a trading god. You feel elated and excited and happy that that you can you finally figured something out and then the next day you lose it all <laughs> you know and what expected value or uh, win percentage does is it puts you in a not a suboptimal mindset because once you find out that your system wins about 60% of the time that's what you're going to expect so over 10 trades you're going to expect to make six six of those 10 but what you're going to understand is that with the 60% win rate, it's over hundreds, or if not thousands of trades. You can have 10 losers in a row, even with a 60% win rate. And are you mentally disciplined enough? Are you, is your risk man, uh, managed well enough to handle those 10 losers? That's the thing that matters. Right? What matters is how you prepare yourself mentally each and every, day, each and every single day coming into the markets. How, how you prepare your mindset, how you visualize how the day is going to go. Knowing that 60% number, knowing your expected value does nothing for you day to day. Really, the only people that really care about those numbers are the clients. If you're managing money for other people, if you're a professional trader who um, trade other people's money, the clients care about that. Your investors who, the investors who are investing in your company, your trading company, they care about that because they don't know jack shit about trading. They think those numbers matter. To an extent, they do. You want a positive expectancy. But the only way you can get consistent positive expectancy if you, is if you have a consistent behavior, right? You're not emotional which with each and every single trade. You're not elated when you're winning and you're not down in the dumps when you're losing. And the only way to combat that is to journal your behaviors, journal how you can improve, how you can uh, avoid the negative behaviors that are costing you big losses. Because your, your net profitability only remains that way so long as you don't got big, uh, big losses. Right? And that's a killer for most traders, I would say. The killer for most traders is not losing by a thousand cuts. Most traders have some small wins here, some small losses there, a few nice wins, and then one gigantic loss that just wipes them out or multiple gigantic losses. That's the main killer in profitable trading, the gigantic losses. And you have to do everything in your power to prevent them. Trade log, uh, data logging, again, is glorified data entry. It's something that you can get somebody else to do. And you don't need to do it for yourself. To be honest, it doesn't really help your bottom line. It's just a performance metric, but it doesn't help you improve as a trader. Now, um, now also what most people try to do when they log their data is 
to try to find the most optimal entry and exit points, right? They, instead of um, entering at 250, they want to see if they can enter in at 225 to catch a better average so that they get a better net return. And that makes sense. That's, that's you know, it's logical, right? They want to see what, which head and shoulders pattern uh, is best. They want to know uh, if a 20 moving average is better than a 50 moving average. And that's conventional wisdom. And it makes, it makes sense on the surface. But trading, if you haven't realized by now, is very contradictory. It's, it's, there's no black and white answer. There is never going to be an optimal entry point. Everybody understands that you will never, ever catch the bottom of a move and sell at the top of a move. I mean, sometimes you get lucky, that happens, right? Luck is a big factor in trading. But so what if you're never going to be able to find the most optimal entry point, what is the point of even trying to track it, right? And to add to that, the optimal, if, even if there is an optimal entry point, it changes every second. It changes every day, every week. So you're going to have to consistently just change your method or methodology every week. You know, that, that just makes no sense uh, because there's new market participants coming in with each and every uh, transaction. There's going to be a bunch of different people with different outlooks, different takes on them, uh, on the stock that you're holding, on the on um, the Forex prices. Well, Forex is mostly ran by big banks, but that, that's a story for another day. So basically what you're trying to do when you log this data is you're trying to pin the tail on a moving donkey while you're blindfolded. <laughs> Can you imagine how that's never going to work? The only thing that will work, that will, and I guarantee will improve your trading, is when you work on your habits, when you work on your behaviors and what you do throughout the trading day. So if you notice that a bunch of your big losers is coming from FOMO trades, coming from um, too big of a position size, coming from just acting emotionally in the markets, well, you're going to need to do something about that. And the only way you can really track or really know what you're doing wrong is if you journal your trading. Okay? Journal is for tracking your behaviors. Data entry and data tracking is for the market per se, and it's useless. So when you journal, you want to write something, say, um, today I'm feeling... Like I'm have FOMO and I don't want to feel this way. Usually when I have FOMO, I take very bad negative trades that I shouldn't have and I force the trades and I don't want to have FOMO anymore. So what can I do to improve upon this? Maybe if I catch myself feeling bored throughout the day, I'll leave the house. I'll go for a run. I'll go hang out with my friends, my family, anything that gets me away from the market, something that do something else that will stimulate my brain rather than waiting and forcing trades in the market. That could be a journal entry, you know. Uh, another one is I tend to dole out and not, and you know, my brain shuts down throughout as I'm watching the charts and I just feel so lethargic and non-energetic. Well, then you need to go for a walk again. And um, whatever it is, your behaviors, just log your behaviors. What are you doing? throughout the day. What are you doing? The only thing that you control when it comes to this trading game is you, right? Again, so when you're logging data, when you're trade logging, you're trying to 
pinpoint the market. You're you're basically tracking the market, and the market is a moving target. You're never going to be able to track it correctly. The only thing you can track is yourself, right? So that's the only thing that's worth really logging and and um, and taking a look at. Uh, and you know, you I, I recommend you, you, everybody should journal in their personal life period uh, for whatever behaviors they want to uh, switch and and change and improve upon. This this is what really will transform you from a losing trader to a professional trader, to a, a profitable trader. You need to transform yourself. Be, be the person that makes consistent behaviors, consistent trades, consistent risk management. That's the key. It doesn't matter if you have, you, you, you know, you understand this. It never works when you buy somebody else's system. It never works when you use somebody else's system because you were never able to stick with it consistently. Even if that system has a four to one expected value, as soon as there's a 10%, 15%, 20% drawdown, you're going to get skittish. You're going to want to make changes to the system. Oh, this 21 moving average is not great. I want to go to the 50. The, the um, entry signal is, is too slow. I want to make it a little bit faster. You see, then that's that's another behavior that you're gonna need, need to log. Why? Why do you why do you feel like you need to change the system because you don't trust it, or because you feel like you need to make money faster? Why do you want to make money faster? Do you hate your life right now? Do you hate uh, going to work? Do you hate your boss? And you look to trading as a vehicle in which you will find all your joy and happiness. This is what's important to look at, not. Not what Apple is doing, uh, not where, not what price is that, not the P&E ratio. You know, none of that shit matters. What matters is why do you want to trade and how can you get better? Right? Are you trading because you want emotional, um, you know, emotional pump? You know, you just bored. You don't know how to have fun by yourself. You don't. You don't have any other hobbies, so you look to trading to, to feed you all the emotional baggage you ever need right this is what you guys need to look at and i tend to journal at the end of the day because i only trade after the market closes i so one thing i found out is that i'm terrible trading during the live markets because i'll end up staring at the charts making mistakes forced trades because i get bored right now i force myself after logging and realizing this, I forced myself to get out of the house during the, the market, uh, during a live market. Or I go do something else. I create these uh, podcasts or blog. I fill my time with more productive things right? so I can have a clear, logical, and objective mindset when it comes to my trade. Right? If I catch myself becoming too emotionally invested in, in a certain stock, I close everything and make sure I, I don't put more in. I only take more, I only cut the position, I don't put more in, you know? And so one trade journaling will make you a better person. It will give you skills to improve whatever behavior it is you need. Data entry, trade logging is glorified data entry. And that's something you can spend or give a person in India $10 an hour to, to do. You got to think about it. Is it really worth your time to do that? You know, do you want to, do you want to become a better person? Or do you want to work on spreadsheets all day? Next is episode three titled Stop Staring at Me. 
What's up? What's up, people? Welcome back. How is everyone? Hope your trading is going well. So, question for you guys: Why do you feel the need to stare at charts? And then I'm not talking about doing your due diligence. I'm not talking about studying. I'm not talking about you know doing some backtesting. I'm not talking about doing the proactive things you need to do to become a profitable trader. I'm talking about when the market is open, when you already have a plan. You know where you're gonna enter. You know where you're gonna exit, and you you're positioned sized correctly, such that you're not too emotionally invested in any one position. If you have all that going on for you, why are you still staring at the charts? Well, I reckon you're staring at the charts because you don't have all that going on. Because you don't know what the heck you're doing. You don't have a plan, and your position size is larger than the biggest size cup at McDonald's. You know. <laughs> You're 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 just too emotionally invested on what's going on in your P and L, and there's a whole host of reasons for that. You could believe that the market is going to grant you everything you wish and more, so that you just want to stare at it, so you you can see your life, your hopes and dreams tick up and down with each and every price change in the market. Well, you know, I would I would also reckon that you have an addiction. Instead of binge watching YouTube, you binge watch price action. You binge watch shit going up and down in, on your screen. What what the market is is it's a reflection of you. So any negative behaviors, any bad habits that you have in your real life that's not moving the needle for you that you're trying to get away from, it's gonna show up in your trading. Guarantee it. Those who have mastered trading have mastered themselves. They have conquered all their negative habits and conquered them all the the negative issues about themselves, and and either came to terms with it or gotten rid of it. So if you have a habit of watching social media, scrolling through social media, or um, you know binge watching the latest season on Netflix staying up to 4 a.m. eating popcorn, well, you're just going to translate that to your trading. You're going to binge watch the up and down ticks for, you know, as long as the market is open. <laughs> and most people only know about the stock market, which is open for about six and a half hours a day. Imagine if they trade on the Forex markets or the futures markets. They're going to be staring at that shit all day long. Why? Because they're addicted. They're addicted to to the stimulation that the market gives them, because they don't know how to self-stimulate. They don't know how to find satisfaction outside of being fed tons and tons of information, or or the markets gives them some kind of emotions that they don't know how to curate themselves. This is why it is dangerous to trade the markets without first feeling whole and complete with yourself. Because all your issues, all your insecurities, it's gonna pop up. It's gonna show. And you and talking to new traders, I can read it right on their face. And really, I don't want to talk to them about it because how many people in their personal lives even want to improve themselves? Right? They're always looking for things outside of themselves to to blame or to attach to. And people blame the markets all the time, and then they attach themselves to the markets all the time. They can't really disconnect from it and take a look within. What's inside you? 
okay besides your heart your guts your, your stomach your lungs okay what's inside your brain okay why are you really trading do you not have any other hobbies that give you satisfaction so the only thing you know how to do is is look at green and red candles are you trading too large so you're feeling too anxious to look away from the screen because you feel like as soon as you look away there's a big green monster that's going to come and take away your your stash right that's just <laughs> that's something you got to look at do you feel the need for control do you feel that because you're staring at the markets you you can act more vigilantly right in case the market goes against you but again, if you have everything planned out already, you would not need to stare at the markets all the time. You're going to let it do what it does. If it hits your stop, so be it. That's only one out of many trades that you're going to have to take. And the biggest issue is the lack of stimulation, I would say. Because most people don't like their lives. They don't know how to create their lives in a way that they feel whole and complete. They look to the markets to to get it. To obtain that. The ever so elusive fulfillment. Well, let me tell you guys something. Fulfillment comes from within. And what you're doing in the markets when you're just staring at it is you're not coming from within. Coming from within. You're you're having the markets feed you with the stimulation that you're so desperately addicted to. And never is this more true when somebody tells me that they're a buy and holder. If you're a buy and holder and you're planning to hold something for years and years, but you're constantly looking at the, the price of the stock each and every single day, well, are you really a buy and holder or you're just addicted to watching the charts? Okay, and you have a miss, that just goes to show that you don't understand your system, you don't understand your strategy, and most of all, you don't understand yourself. You're deluding yourself to, to saying that you're a buy and holder, but really, you're just a long-term gambler. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Because if you trust yourself and trust your strategy, whatever it is, you're a day trader, swing trader, wherever it is. Well, a day trader, you have to be a little bit more vigilant in your trading because you're over leveraged trying to catch smaller price moves in the market. I understand that. But that's why I got away from that because it's just, I when I'm staring at the charts throughout the day, I'm not really making proactive and smart decisions i'm just watching the charts like i'm playing a plinko game or um you know i'm I'm looking to be stimulated and that's not a good thing you want to be calm clear and collected when it comes to the markets and again just staring at it will drain you there's nothing good that comes out of the markets people are going to buy and sell prices can go up and down whether or not you look at it that's the bottom line so have a plan and you don't fully trust that you'll get a good fill or that you think the broker is not on your side. Well, those are mindset issues that you're going to need to overcome because if you continue to place the blame outside of yourself when it comes to this trading game, well, you're never going to have that control that you so desperately try to grasp onto. Trading is not an endeavor in which you look to find inner peace, in which you look to have it give you all you want and more. Trading is a discipline, right? And with all disciplines, you have to learn to 
control your emotions when you're doing business and you have to make a big deal, a big transaction with clients. You know, sometimes they'll say no. Sometimes they will give you no response, etc., etc. You can't be getting mad at the clients for saying no, and you can't be bombarding the clients with a bunch of questions or a bunch of statements when they're not replying to you. That's just going to show that you're needy. It's just going to show that you have a lack of things going on in your life. And that's just the same thing with trading. You can't be bombarding it with your attention all the time because that just goes to show that you have a lack of other things going on in your life. Okay, Go solve world peace. Go feed the homeless. Go um, do something worthwhile. Okay, Nobody says or nobody has ever said that trading is the most honorable profession and that you have to figure it out. There's a lot more to life than trading. Um, of course, I know I understand when you're new, everything is fresh and exciting. All the charts and, and indicators, they're, they're just, wow, it's like a whole new world you've ever, never seen before. But again, get yourself to that professional level where you've seen it all before. And you have all the plans and contingencies in place such that should any surprises come up, it will be handled and taken care of. Done deal. There's no need to always just stare at it looking to get something out of it. Because you would never be able to dictate what the market does and you would never be able to dictate where it's going to go. So what is the point of staring at it just for the sake of stimulation? Just for the sake of feeling happy for yourself when it goes up and feeling validated that you know the the position is finally profitable and another way to combat this is enter in many different positions but have them all very small position size so that you have that abundance mentality where and should each and any any one of them goes against you you're not hesitant to get rid of the position you know and uh, that's all i have for today thanks for tuning in guys and hope you have a good one Congratulations, you've made it to episode 4, titled, Buy Low and Sell High. Good morning, everyone. So, we've all heard the saying of buying low and selling high. And to an extent, that is true. But it's not in the way that people think. And let me explain. The common perception of what people understand to buying low and selling high is you got to wait for the stock or uh, pair or futures or commodities that is going down, right? They want to buy on a dip. They want to wait until their perception of something to become cheap in their eyes before they buy, essentially buying in a downtrend or a dip. And then they do it in the hopes that it's going to go higher and they can sell to make a profit, right? And that makes sense. You, Of course, you want, we tend to like things that are cheap. We tend to like things that cost less, used to be more expensive, but now it's lowered down. You know, now the price is lowered down. Uh, that's why having sales is so popular. That's why a lot of websites try to trick you into it. And that makes sense. That makes sense. But... What I'm here to tell you is that what's low in for a stock or commodity or any security, financial security, what's low is relative, right? 
Imagine if you have a stock that went from $5 to $20. Well, that's a gigantic 400% gain. And now $20 seems expensive compared to five, right? You would not want to get in at $20. Well, what if I tell you or told you that that $20 stock is going to go to 100? Would 20 seem expensive now, right? It, now 20 is very cheap comparative to 100. So buying low and selling high is not necessarily meaning buying something that is cheap relative your, to your perception of it. The only it means that the only way you can actually make a profit with in the trade is to buy low and sell high, right? To to buy at the bottom left corner of the chart and sell at the top right corner. However you do it. The price the 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 range of the price does not matter, right? Because essentially in in the trading game what you're trading is your perception versus the market's perception. That's it. And how how do you catch something that is slow and is going higher? Well, you buy on momentum. That's that's the absolute fundamental only way you can make a profit in this business, right? You, there's no other way. The only way is you buy something for a lower price and sell it at a higher price. Now, again, you got to realize that it's all relative. Okay, so long as you buy something at four. And it's going to five, you'll make a profit. But you don't buy something at four after it dropped from 30. Okay, that means you're catching, you're trying to catch a falling knife. You're going to get hurt. You're going to bleed out. And then you're going to have to call the ambulance. All right. You buy it, if it went from two to four, essentially doubling. It may seem expensive now. Four may seem expensive now, but. What if it goes from four to eight? What if it doubles again? You missed out on that gigantic move. And this is why it's so important to use a percentage-based performance system so that you don't get um, caught up in the nitty-gritty of all the price action and movement and you know all the freaking indicators. It's all relative. Price is fractal. A chart on the one minute can look the same as a chart on the five minute, can look the same as a chart on the one hour and on the daily. Um, so it's it's hilarious when someone tells me that, you know, oh, you have to buy low, sell high, but they don't exactly understand what the fuck they're even talking about. <laughs> you know, it's all momentum. You have to buy momentum. So long as momentum is in your favor, you will be okay. At least you, you will... Uh, depending on how you exit and what your strategy is, you, you should be able to make a profit should momentum continue in your favor as soon as you get in. And with that, if momentum is not in your favor, you know, let's say you get in at $5 and price drops down to 450 Well, momentum's not in your favor. And in this game, what we are trading is momentum. And if momentum is not in your favor at this present moment in time, you're wrong and you should get out. You know, and a real trader, he understands that he's not in the guessing game of what's expensive or cheap, right? He's in the game of momentum. He's not trying to figure out the valuation of a company in order to figure out where the price of a stock is attractive to buy. He is determining whether or not there are still people willing to buy the stock at a higher price. That's it. That's all trading is. 
are there still people willing to continue pushing the price higher at, after you get in? If there are no more people willing to buy, just get the heck out. You'll be uh, you'll thank yourself for not staying in a stock that is going the wrong way. Think think of this as a relationship, right? When you're dating someone and they are show you showing you red flags or toxic behaviors, are you should you continue dating that person just to find out if they will get better? No. Right? No, you should just leave. The red flags are there for a reason. They are not going to get better. They're they're only going to get worse. And that's just like a stock that after you get in. Usually the best trades make you money right away, right? It's, they it, it will continue to run and run in your favor and you would wonder what the heck did I do right for this thing to just continue to the moon like this. And when you get to uh, when you enter in and the stock just goes down, you'll be pulling your hair out asking why what what karmic debt do you have to pay to um endure this right now? Right? And just just get out. You can always get back in, and then the common mix, um, the common fear is that well, you would lose your your cost average if you get back in, and uh, should you know the price continue to go up. Again, this is why you have to use a percentage based system. You're not trying to catch a five dollar move. You're trying to catch a five percent move or a ten percent move. So with that. Any stock is as good as any, you know, it doesn't matter how high it's been. Any price is as good as any. It doesn't matter how high it's been. It's only a matter of the momentum is going to continue after you got in, right? I'm repeating myself here, but it's so important that you get that. And if you use a percentage-based system, you can have a greater control on your position sizing, and a $50 stock will be the same as a $20 stock, will be the same as a $5 stock, right? So with the $50 stock, um, if you use a percent, percentage-based system and you're looking for the $50 stock to double um, from 50 to 100 well, then you could do the same thing and look for a $5 stock to go from 5 to 10 it's all the same thing. It's just relative. And the main key to making all this work is how you position size. And that's what most traders don't get. They either use the same position size for every single symbol or they go all in on one symbol. You know, And, and you can tell within their P&O graph that, that it's not consistent because everything is all over the place. They will have one massive uh, stock that accounts for at least, I don't know, 30, 40, 50% of their gains. And they will be very emotionally invested in that. Right? And should that one stock go down, it would take their whole portfolio down with them. Um, so the only thing that really a price chart is telling you is is momentum still continuing in your favor. Uh, in your favor. Once you understand this, this fundamental aspects of trading, it becomes much, much easier to read a chart. There's no more guessing where it's going to go. There's no more prying and 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 figuring it out with indicators and and you know trying to figure out uh, consolidation patterns, heads and shoulders, cup and handles. None of that shit starts to matter. Uh, none of that shit matters once you start to understand 
how this really works. Is a chart pointing up and it, is it point, still pointing up after you get in? That's it. That, that's really the only two questions you have to ask yourself. And, you know, it's just a great way to trade once you trade like that because you're, it's, it becomes very binary, you know. Um, there's, you don't have to worry about all, like 20 different factors anymore. It's just two factors. Is it going up or is it going down? Is it making money or is it giving you a heartbreak, you know. Is she, um, is she, is she talking about politics on the first date? Is she picking her nose and 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 chewing her food with her mouth wide open on the on on you know, on the dinner date? <laughs> Those are red flags. Those are red flags, my friend. You should st- steer well clear of that. And you will know right away. the The beautiful thing about trading is that you will know right away if something's working or not. If 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 as soon as you get in and the stock gives you a weird knot in your stomach. Uh, a little, little, little bump in your heart. You're probably wrong. You should get out, right? Just like, just like a date. If this date just makes you feel weird and, and icky, just say, say, excuse yourself. Hey, um, I gotta go. I'm busy. I can't. Uh, I, I, I got some other things to attend to right now. Hope you have a good day. And you book it on out of there. You never see her again. Don't even think about her. Don't even call her. You know, and then. <laughs> Guys, like it's really that simple. Just get rid of your losers. They're the ones that are going up. They're they're doing well and keep them there, right? And then that's another thing as well. Um, people tend to sell their winners too soon. Just like when they find a good girl and they just get too needy, and you know push her right out the window. Well, that's when they become fearful of losing her. They they become fearful of losing the profit. They so they gotta do something to self self uh, sabotage that, right? And uh, to really, how how do you know when momentum or how can you sidestep entries that are not in your favor? Well, you can use a buy stop. What a buy! Yeah, everybody knows what the sell stop is. But rarely is it used to enter, right? So what what's a sell stop? When momentum, when a stock goes down below a certain price, you sell all your positions in order to either keep the gains you have or prevent or further loss. Why don't you reverse that and use a buy stop? Once you start using a buy stop, you've noticed that a lot of the entries that you would have got it in right now that you would feel that FOMO and you need to get in right now. Most of them don't continue. So you essentially capitalized on that opportunity cost. It's an opposite of opportunity cost. I don't know what that means, but you're you're sidestepping the losses that you would have had by using the buy stop. And if it doesn't go in your, uh, it is you don't get triggered the next day or a couple of days after, you just take it off. It's, it's not working, you know? So that's the message I want to leave people with uh, today is just understand momentum. That's really the only thing that matters in this game. Whether you're trading derivatives, bonds, yields, um, forex, futures, it's all momentum. If momentum is not there, you're done. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Woo-wee!
you guys made it thanks for tuning in and making it this far i hope uh you enjoyed it and got some good information out of it so let's go ahead and end with episode five titled think about both sides what 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 is up everybody welcome back thanks for tuning in so what's on my mind right now is the fact and the i would say paradoxical nature of trading and in life in general it's that when you think about only what you can gain you will eventually and invariably lose now what do i mean by that right when first when traders first you know learn about trading they get starstruck they learn about the chart patterns the indicators and all of the bells and whistles that comes with trading <clears throat> you know and once they get a firm grasp of it they they start thinking about all the things they can buy or all the things they can do you know uh, after after making a couple gains I- i'm sure 100 a lot of people the majority of people will start thinking about what it is that they can gain and um they just don't st- look at the downside you know things only go up right to the moon look at bitcoin i'm sure a lot of people that's what they thought oh bitcoin is going to a hundred thousand two hundred thousand a million who gives a shit if it's at forty thousand right now it's only going to go up so they just pile and pile on each other and get screwed man look look at the pullback it's had and you would go on forums, you go on, uh, what is it, Wall Street Bets. <laughs> Those are people that can only, that, that only sees the gains, right? They don't think about what they can lose. Um, and it's just human nature. We always want more, right? We want to gather more assets. We want to have more partners. We want to have more uh, money from our businesses. It's always what we can gain. But if you notice... The people who stay alive in the game for the long term think about what they can lose. Okay, they look at all the downsides of what's possible. Um, because really, in trading, it's not about how much you make; it's how much you keep. And this is, a, you know, again, a conventional saying, conventional wisdom. But there's a lot of truth in conventional wisdom. And I recommend all of you to really dig down and, and think about all these phrases and what they really mean. Okay? They're not just feel-good phrases that, that you know, you... you it's, it's not the quote of the day, okay? it's These things are, are what you have to embody. You have to live them. It has, it's a philosophy, okay? A lot. Well, what I notice a lot of people will get wrong is they they read these quotes and you know these tips, and they go yeah 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 you know they go yeah yeah, yeah. and they just pile it on and they 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 <clears throat> they repeat the words but they don't they don't embody it they don't truly believe or are willing to change to become the person who can keep the gains, right? They, they still want to be the same person who only thinks about the gains and are able to repeat, repeat all these phrases, but they, when, when push comes to shove, they, they can't produce alpha or shit. They produce negative alpha. 
you know they're 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 a freaking black hole just they're destructive to themselves and to the people around them you know they really don't have a deep or firm understanding of what it really takes to succeed in this business can you imagine if you give money to someone to trade or to invest or do whatever with it and they you know one day they'll be up 50 percent the next day they'll be down 25 percent another day they will be up 30 and then down 50 you know what can you really trust this person would you give them money to trade? Would you continue to leave your hard-earned assets into someone that is just so volatile? Imagine you meet a new person and one day they're happy and the next day they're super sad. And a uh, day after that, they're just, uh, you know, hyper-focused on something. And But the day after that, they, they're working on a new project. You know, <clears throat> you don't want to be just whipped around emotionally like that so when you think about all you can gain and the market you know you stay in the game long enough you get you will get some wins here and there but if that's all you think about when you inevitably lose you're going to be all emotional you're going to feel like how can this happen to me stonks only go up right it only goes up to the moon. Why Why did it go down? That, well, that's because you're not looking at the downside. So you, you get what you paid for. You, you need to look at trading holistically. Okay? It's, not just, it's not just indicators. It's not just moving averages. Okay? Those things, frankly, are just the tip of the iceberg. Any, you give any uh, PhD doctor... Uh, a month and they can tell you what a head and shoulders pattern is they can tell you what the trend line is they can tell you how to use a sarcastic right phds and doctors they're freaking smart they're fucking damn smart you think you think someone like them can't can't figure out what the fucking um pennant flag pattern is get real and why why is it that even people with phds losing this business well what's what's the missing um, missing link here it's it's because even phds and doctorates they get sucked into the tunnel vision of thinking about what they can gain right it's it's common human uh nature right because if you think about it back in the caveman days or back in however long ago Resources were scarce, and when you did come across a resource, you would want to um, make the most of it. You know, obtain as much as you can because if you don't, you will lose it. But times are different nowadays. You know, you can live or have your basic need needs met quite easily. Once you have your basic needs uh, needs met, most people will come into trading as a way to obtain more resources. So what they're trying to do is just get as much as they can as quickly as possible before it's gone, right? It's this scarcity mentality that that causes people to go all in on a certain stock because they think they would never find another one that would double or triple in a couple months, right? But once you've been in the game long enough, you understand that this shit happens all the time, guys. 
right? There's you can find a five hundred percent winner, like in a week. It happens all the time. So the only thing you need to really do is lose small enough so that you can keep enough of your capital to make a significant gain when you are lucky to, enough to find a winner. Right? That's that's the long and short of it. You know? You only think about what you can gain. And it's not it's not about being negative where you oh you have to think about what you can lose. Oh my god, what if I lose out? No, 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 no. That's that's just a fearful mindset. That's just a weak mentality, okay? What I'm talking about is being confident in your system while being logical and objective and think of all the possibilities, not just the gains, but also the negative. When you start a new business venture, I mean, yes, you want to be passionate. You want to be uh, confident that you can make it succeed, but you also want to think about what's the downsides and what's the risk, you know? Are people actually interested in your product? Let's say I make a, um, a new product called... Uh, earwax you know and i sell freaking my earwax to people and i'm super passionate about it you know like i mean i can be passionate all i want but that shit's not gonna work nobody's gonna want my earwax uh, I, I don't know some people might people are weird like that but but again think of the downside logically not be to not be fearful of it just understand that it will happen you will lose period the only sure thing in trading is that you will lose. 100%. So why don't you spend your energy thinking about something that is going to happen for certain versus something that is ever so elusive like winning or making gains. right? Making gains happen here and there just because you're lucky. You can be a blind idiot, throw a dart, and you, you can have like a dartboard full of random ticker symbols, right? And you would just close your eyes and throw a dart. And whatever the dart lands on is what you're going to go all in on. And you can get lucky doing that. Is that skill? Is it skill that you threw a fucking dart on a board and bought that stock and it went up? Do you think that's really skill? Right? What is skill in trading? The skill is you working on yourself each and every single day. You know what, what what negative habits you have. And you're working each and every single day to, to improve upon it. And you do that and you're better than 90% of other traders out there because other traders still think that they have to learn something about the markets. No, it's not something about the markets. It's fucking you. You are the common denominator of all your results. Right? <clears throat> Again, and it's not about having a, a freaking loser's mentality where you're just scared. You're like too scared to even get in a certain name or or you just feel like shit about yourself because you only think about what you've lost. Okay, this is more nuanced like that. People who are into self-development, self-improvement will understand what I'm saying. But people who's always blame shifting, who's always looking to to shift the problems outside of themselves, they would never get it. They would never make it. And um, you know, being startup starstruck by all these new names that are gapping up 10, 15, 100 percent each and every single day, 
you you're you're gonna get and you're gonna get on an endorphin high and it's gonna cause you to do stupid shit, right? You ever been some you ever seen someone who is just so in love that they would just do anything for the other person? And they, they would do something that can only be categorized as crazy. Well, this is what's happening, you know. Um, so that's it. I have to. Uh, that's all I have for today. So think about both sides, guys. Especially the losing side. Especially the losing side. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. You guys made it. You guys finally got to the end. For those who of you who watched it all the way through or listened to it all the way through i deeply deeply appreciate you guys um you don't you have no idea how much it it means to me you know to even have one person listening to to the podcast it's um really a way for me to express myself and a, a way for me to share what i know and whoever i can help um it really just means a lot to me and uh so thank you thank you for listening and and peace out enjoy your day guys bye